Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A couple things I want to hit you with. Um, I'm trying to make some decisions uh, financially, and everybody in the country is trying to guess about the housing market and their 401k. I mean, I mean, it, it just it just feels like a crash is coming. Right. I mean, when you're set, we've been setting records every day in the stock market. All three indexes regularly setting mark uh, records, and then you you got uh, and then the housing market just insane all over the country, and the amount of federal money that's either going into various sectors or being withdrawn soon from various sectors. Uh, the, the, the COVID, nobody's sure what's going on with that. There's just enormous amounts of uncertainty in the air. What's the Fed going to do? One guy in the Fed says, well, we need to do this soon. The other guy in the Fed says, no freaking way we're doing that soon. Just feels very precarious. Yeah, I don't know if you've looked at your 401k recently, but you'll be pretty pleased with where it is. But should a person put it into the you know super secure stuff because of crash? I don't know what you should do. Uh, I don't know what I should do. But anyways, looking at this in the Wall Street Journal today, businesses are loading up on credit. Spending could follow. Uh, businesses are sitting on record amounts of unused credit from U.S. banks. Another quirk in the economic recovery that bankers say could help unleash pent-up spending in the coming months. Yes. Um, This would lead you to believe that the crash is not coming soon. Um, Let me read one of the quotes in here from the article, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, and use the word spigot, which I'm a big fan of. That's a good word. Turning on the spigot. Well, unleashed uh, buying like you. You recently procured a camel, for instance. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do have a camel. Yes, that's. Uh, you don't have a camel. Interesting. You don't have a camel. I, d- I don't. Or you just can't. Your camel hasn't gotten here yet. Let me let me text Judy and ask her. Uh, maybe we have one. And I just don't remember. No, I have no damn camels. <laughs> Uh, they're good at eating down the grass and all that sort of stuff. Ah, fabulous. I have um, a mower for that. For instance, auto dealers starved of inventory are sitting on large unused credit lines. Part of it is to do with the, um, uh, the there's all kinds of things going on here. Nobody has any idea what's going to happen because n- the, the, there's no economic precedent for what is going on in the world right now, particularly in America. The amount of money that has been pumped out, the amount of money that's sitting on the sidelines, the the supply chain disruption that's going on that stops people from being able to do various things or businesses from being able to do various things. The fact that you can't hire people because people are being paid so much to stay home. All of these like never have happened before things are happening at the same time. Nobody has the slightest idea. Well, at least one of the most critical choke points, computer chips, isn't being controlled by a vicious communist regime. Oh, that's right, it is. So throw that into the stew. Yeah, so the uh, the Wall Street Journal believes that businesses are about to turn on the, 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 the spigot and uh, consumers are about to turn on the crazy demand for all kinds of different things as soon as supply gets caught up and workers get in place and all this sort of stuff. So the economy could just roar in the next year. So that would lead you to believe that the idea of like turning safe now would be a real mistake. But timing the market is a uh, a perilous thing to do. Or the IOTA variant could prove uh, that it eludes the vaccines. Uh, the Fed does something untoward. Oh, Joe boy. Biden dies. Kamala Harris is revealed as an idiot. There's a collapse. <laughs> there's a depression. Cannibalism. Uh, it's camel eating, probably, certainly. Uh, who knows? 
Who knows? I, I was just reading a long bit of analysis about the economy and which way it's probably going to go. And I realized halfway through it that uh, I boo. Not only can I not make sense of this, the the most skilled commentators and economists on earth can't make sense of all this. So oh, no, I don't no. know. Hold on tight. If they don't start any article with we're completely guessing here. Yeah, because I've read enough articles in the Wall Street Journal. We're in such unprecedented territory. Like I said, there's like eight variables that are unprecedented. Yeah. Let alone one big variable that's unprecedented. There's like there's a, a whole handful of them that are unprecedented. And this this stew, this storm of all these different things, how they come together. It's a storm stew with inflation or a stew storm and spending <laughs> and everything else. Like nobody has any idea. Oh my God. And then, you know, it's funny. I was just going to flip to something. Storms too. <laughs> it's a stew storm. It's storming beef stew. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Anyway, what I was, uh, the next thing I was going to talk about was the, uh, the Chinese bat fever situation in Florida, which of course the, uh, mainstream media is thrilled to report on because they hate Ron DeSantis. Um, but, uh, then it occurred to me, uh, you have to add the, the layer of misinformation, media bias, and information siloing because the economy runs on information. Absolutely. Consumer so, confidence. So you end up with a stew storm. Yeah. Um, uh, that reminds me, I heard the stats today that only a third of New Yorkers are vaccinated. One of the biggest lies this year in the media was a good month-long barrage of stories about how stupid Trump voters aren't getting the vaccine because stupid, evil Fox News and their hosts are telling people not to get it. That is just a complete pile of crap. Talking about the uh, siloing of information, it turns out there's every bit as many uh, uh, liberals out there who voted by New York's all Democratic. It's just bl- Four out of five voters in New York are Democrat, and only a third of them have gotten the vaccine. So wow. no, they, did, they didn't do that because Sean Hannity told them. So that, <laughs> that's just a load of crap. There's a whole bunch of people that haven't gotten the vaccine for a variety of reasons. Um, which is, is interesting, but trying to paint it as a dumb uh, Trump voters and it's Fox's fault, right wingers fault is just plain a lie. And man, that persisted on CNN and MSNBC for weeks up until yeah. just like recently. Absolutely. Uh, one more story I wanted to hit you with just because I came across this graph. Uh, and keep in mind before I tell you these numbers that this is with Everyone in America being told nonstop that global warming is the cause of everything and that it's for real and it's man-made and we can fix it. My kids learn that in school every, every class. They, they're, they're taught about that in some way. Well, right, and there is not, and I, I will stand by these words unless conceivably it's on a conservative website, but there is not a story about a storm, about a heat wave, about a drought, about a hurricane, about a wildfire that does not invoke uh, climate change. So uh, I thought it was interesting, these poll numbers, they are asking adults on the role of climate change in the drought in the West and the role of climate change in the rising sea levels. Um, is it a direct result of climate change? It just happens or not sure. For instance, for the drought in the West, non-st- it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's presented to you in mainstream media as if, of course, it's climate change. We're not even... I'm not even having the discussion. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's stated as a truism. Right? Uh, and they're teaching your kids that at school. 
44%, the plurality says it's a direct result, but 36% said it just happens, and 20% not sure. So 56% are it just happens or not sure. Even with the bombarding in school and media of that uh, this is all climate change, I think that's pretty interesting. How dare you? And as far as the sea level rising, there are more people that uh, say direct result, 53%, but still 29%. It just happens, and 19%, not sure. So about half the country is it just happens or not sure. Even with the overwhelming, we're being pressured every day to believe in climate change. So it's not it's not as universal as you'd be led to believe. Well, you can call it rising sea levels. I call it oceanfront equity. People who have lived on beaches for years and years, expensive real estate, enjoying the ocean. Well, now it's time for the inlanders to get some oceanfront property. Just it's be- equity. Just because you were born in Malibu, you get oceanfront property. But if I'm born in Ely, Nevada, I don't get oceanfront property. Well, it's time that God did something about that. It's time for Fresno to have beaches. It's time for Columbus, Ohio to have oceanfront property. Boy, if it gets to Columbus and Ely, things are things have gotten pretty bad. <laughs> this is all wrong. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> I brought up Ely because I ran into a guy yesterday who's from Ely, which is interesting. It's one of the most remote places in America, if you've never been there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wrote a song once about Ely, Nevada. Some people I observed in a convenience store. It's not a very good song, and it's not a very good convenience store. But uh, forty-five minutes, forty-five minute drive to the nearest town, and it's a tiny town of nothing, yeah. uh, just like Ely is. And he rode the school bus uh, hour forty-five every day to school and back. Great Scott, because it's just so far <laughs> from everything. Kind of interesting. Anyway, it was a football practice. Is where I was watching my son do the first contact football practice last night. He uh, he was uh, he did better with the contact than I was expecting. He. Uh, didn't shy away from it. Ah, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Toughen him up, make a man of him. <laughs> and one interesting thing: it, it, this is not new information. I didn't like, you know, invent this clever theory. But it's so clear when you're watching football or any sports, really. But watching football, that it is human beings acting out our need as adults to teach the next generation of men how to fight a war. It's so clearly yes. what that that whole thing is. Yeah. Yeah, and and men is a well chosen term. While there are some women who are, are fine with uh, throwing their, uh, you know, uh, with violence, with perpetrating violence, which is what war is. Having coached uh, boys and girls soccer for years and years and years, the innate differences in them, not learned but innate, is is it's undeniable. And anybody who does deny it, by the way, is a crazy person, which includes virtually all of the professors on your local college campus. Our village is not going to go to war with the village next door, but that's still in our DNA. It's in our genes, and that's what they're learning there in the football field. They're learning camaraderie and to be part of a unit and how to work together. To uh, to do violent things, it's so clearly the case. Oh yeah, absolutely the gridiron. Yeah, and that's why they use all the war metaphors in football. Da, 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 da. I quit football and played on the golf team, but maybe I'm like artillery. I'm not. Maybe, uh, I I send objects a long way to, uh, toward a target. <laughs> huh? <laughs> that's what I'm training for. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> Armstrong and Joe Getty. Um, this one, maybe you can help me out on this one, Joe. Hey guys, Faggotwe here. So that's a friend of Armstrong and Getty over twenty, 20 years. years. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Sign, thank you, my friend. Signing out. You've lost a loyal listener over your response to oh. COVID and the vaccine. 
So okay. long, sweet America. And I, and I honestly don't know if they, um, if it's because we have been saying get the vaccine because we both got it first opportunity or because I had Mike Slater on last week who is an anti-vaccine guy and laying out on why he didn't get the vaccine. Um, which as I, uh, suggested at the time is, uh, I'm all about hearing other people's opinions. But anyway, um, I don't know which reason that person is signing out. Do you have a guess? Uh, I suspect it's because we we think the vaccine is overall safe and a good idea to get, and and uh, people are so whipped up and so convinced that every issue and every opinion is a declaration of either uh, complete goodness or utter evil that if you find out somebody disagrees with you on something, you you just leap to the conclusion that they're insane or or <laughs> dangerous. I don't We're out I don't to get, get it. Um, uh, Tim Sandifer with a pretty long response personally to me about some of the stuff around why it's emergency approved and not fully approved and whether that means anything or not. Maybe we'll get to that this hour because that might clear up a lot of things for people who are still going with the whole, uh, it's just emergency approved. It's an experimental vaccine. Right. So right. We, could, we could get into that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons I don't tend to get mad at people and decide to cut them off after a 20-year relationship, my uh, my uh, uh, emotional friend, is that there's so much varying information out there, and some of it's uh, intentionally misleading to get your money and clicks. Some of it's just a preliminary data turns out not to be borne out by further experiments. I just, I, I, often, I also the, think the, 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 the you're dead to me thing. I also, I also think if somebody has a different opinion than me, I think oh, they might, they might know something I don't know, <laughs> and then, and then maybe I'd have their opinion. They might have some information I don't have. Unless you're convinced that every issue is either the uh, the mark of the beast or the the sign of the cross upon ye chemtrails, mailbag, not mailbag. Oh, that was close. I think that was a balk. I think you went around. <laughs> balk. <laughs> Time for the freedom, love, and quote of the day instead. So. That was a full swing. Oh, please! I just I stumbled halfway through the delivery, <laughs> threw the ball sideways, hit the third base coach in the ear. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, once again, a freedom-loving quote of the day from Thomas Sowell, because I'm lazy and virtually everything he says is absolutely wonderful, so I've got a great list of his quotes, but we'll move on to somebody else next week. But uh, Some Americans will never appreciate America until after they have helped destroy it and have then begun to suffer the consequences. I know. I think that's true. And then I like this just because it's snarky and clever. Advice to the young. You don't have to listen to anybody. You can learn everything from your own personal experience. Of course, you will be at least 50 years old by the time you know what you need to be 25. Yeah, boy, ain't that the truth. Re- yes, reject all the accumulated wisdom of mankind and decide that your generation knows better than ever. Well, of course, every generation does the same. Mailbag. Dan in beautiful Roseville, uh, California, Rice. I recently attended a memorial service at a wine bar in the wonderful Pacific Northwest. Average age of attendees over 70 years. No one was wearing a mask. No one was social distancing. And I heard not one word uttered regarding the so-called pandemic. You two lame brains are worse than the lamestream media when it comes to real information about COVID. You spew studies, percentages, and so-called science like you actually have a vague idea what's going on. You do not know anything. Please give it up and shut up until you get a clue. In the meantime, you're accomplishing nothing good and simply promoting fear upon fear upon fear by your nonsense. A former part-time listener. You know, I agree with you. The fact that uh, a, a lot of the chatter about uh, COVID is in the media and in real life it n- almost never comes up. But at the same time, the government's making major moves that affect all of us. 
with with tax dollars. And from that standpoint, it's still relevant. Well, and as you pointed out, affecting the very pillars of American civilization, property rights, contracts, etc. More criticism, hyper-palatable foods. What a bogus, hyper-complicated term. (laughs) Gee, Mom, thanks for the apple pie. It was hyper-palatable. And I always loved when Tony the Tiger would say, they're (laughs) hyper-palatable. Boy, my head hurts. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for listening, Joe. I think the idea is the uh, things that are created to to blast your brain with a flavor and then disappear to make you want to eat another one. Apple, yeah, lab creations. Apples are delicious because well, they're just delicious by nature, but they're yeah. not designed to trick you to eat more. You don't eat thirty apples in a sitting. Your brain doesn't work that way. No, if you did, you would remain on the toilet for the next You'd few days. You'd have to wear plastic pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Marv sent along the sign at my local mini-mart. We are short-staffed. Please be patient with the staff that did show up. We can't get anybody to work. We're doing our best. You know, Apply within. That's a good one. I got a question I got to ask you about tipping uh, later. Uh situation I ran into. Similar deal there. Short-staffed okay. restaurants everywhere you go. But how do you tip? Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, we also uh, we got a, a, a nice email from somebody who'd been traveling across the upper Midwest who said literally every single business they stopped at, ate at, bought from said we're desperate for help, apply within. Yep. The, the basic pillars of American life are now under management by the government. How do you think it's going so far? Armstrong and get. Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the Biden administration put out a guide to getting back in school after the COVID and how you should spend the billions of dollars that were unnecessarily hosed around the country, including (laughs) like, you know, it's cleaning out the elephant pen style hose, just money, just spraying all over the country. Nobody cared where it went or who got it. And it's still spraying today. Anyway, so they put out this big uh, guide for schools and it included uh, the money thing and said, hey, you should spend a significant amount of of the money on uh, on uh, you without using the words critical race theory. You should uh, spend it in dividing all the little children by race and lecturing the white children and saying how they're bad and and bear the weight of history. And be sure to convince the black children they don't have a chance in America because it's systemically racist. And blah blah blah. And it included several links. One in particular. If you want more information, uh, uh, click on this link for this fine organization at this point uh, we will turn things over to there it is uh aisha hosny on fox news clip number 50 please President Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan authorized $122 billion to the Department of Education for state education agencies. 90% of that money will go to local school districts, which in turn must reserve at least 20% to address the learning lost during the last school year. The administration asks they do that by using evidence-based programs like summer learning and after-school activities. But that's not all. Inside the Department of Ed's COVID-19 handbook called Roadmap to Reopening Safely and Meeting All Students' Needs, the department recommends schools use some of the money towards race and social-emotional learning programs, offering a direct link to a group called the Abolitionist Teaching Network, who would assist with that. Abolitionist Teaching Network, a network that is dedicated to not creating new schools or reimagining schools, but destroying schools that do nothing but harm. Black and brown. 
They are destroying schools that do nothing but harm black and brown children. And there's so much to hate in that whole thing, that whole story. So we uh, sprayed with a fire hose, as Joe said, money at schools all across the country because of COVID, which is now mostly over. And uh, and there's almost no talk in there about money that has anything to do with COVID. Now, the idea that the kids fell way behind is real, and I can see how you need more money to address that, but only 20% of the money is required to go toward catching kids back up, and by the way, kids wouldn't need to be caught up if you'd have left the schools open, which you could have safely, so you created your own problem then demanded money to fix your own problem. Anyhow, exactly. I don't want to get confused on that, because that's a completely different separate topic, but of the billions and billions and billions of dollars that are being thrown at schools, only 20% has to go to catching kids up. What's the other 80% going to be? Well, some of it is this crap, emotional racism or whatever they're calling it. And, and before we uh, get back to that crap, I've got to point out, what does it mean, $20 billion to catch kids up? Isn't all of education getting kids from where right. they are knowledge-wise yeah. to where they're supposed to be? Yeah, why that requires. Well, they talked about it's summer just programs. Teaching. And, well, yeah, okay, and, fair and enough. Summer programs and after-school programs, which could cost more money, but still, uh, and, you know, and how effective will they be? It, uh, it's, a, it's so horrible. The whole thing is so horrible. So let's get back to the America-hating racist uh, gal, Brandilyn Tassalt, I think her name is, from the Abolitionist Teaching Network in Clip, clip 51. Dr. Bettina Love, an author and activist, created the Abolitionist Teaching Network in 2020 for what she says is to develop and support educators to fight injustice within their schools and communities. You don't realize white supremacy is in everything we do, then we got a problem. Love wants white teachers to undergo anti-racist therapy to stop them from what she calls spirit murdering black and brown students. So one of the things that I bring to this work is um, a significant history of trying to trouble my own racial identity and trying to help other white teachers trouble their internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness. You, you white people that have bought into this crap and are saying things like that, I need to recognize my own white supremacy and... I need to trouble my own beliefs. Yeah, whatever that And help that other means. people trouble theirs. Yeah, you, you people, those people are so crazy. They're I mean, cultists. They're, they're, yeah, they are. They're cultists. They're like those crazy drank the Kool-Aid and died cult members. They're, you're so crazy. Um, and you're educating kids, which is frightening. And then what was that other term that, uh, the, they, they brought us there? Spirit murdering. That's a new one on me. Spirit murdering. Schools do nothing but spirit murder black and brown children by asking them to be on time or come up with the right answer. And if you don't think everything in our current system is white supremacy, then you got a problem. Okay. Boy, who did I, who was I reading the other day? It was a, a, a black man. Oh, who the heck was it? Who said, that they're trying to deny us technology, data, and logical thinking, which is the only way to get ahead and reduce us to emotional thinking and emotional learning, which is how to enslave a people, take away from them the capabilities to actually excel in the modern world and convince them that the only thing that matters is feelings. And I thought that was really a a great point. Yeah, we've got a black representative who's going to talk about this once we get through all these clips. Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. And, and they're, so they're aggressively indoctrinating in schools. Here's a, a clip explains how 52. 
Fox News also found the group hired paid activists across the country whose job they say is going into schools to dismantle oppressive structures by mapping, canvassing, building groups and coalitions, creating media and propaganda. Education cannot save us. We must save education. I want us to be feared. For example, if teachers find school uniforms to be oppressive, ATN would send in their activists to help abolish them. You call us? We will fund an activist in residence and he or she or they will find out how they'll do the research, they'll do all the organizing, teachers and parents show up and we dismantle. And we hope to have hundreds of them around the country doing this work. And James Lindsay on his fabulous Twitter feed has talked about this a lot, how they are organized enough and they realize so few people show up to school board meetings and all that sort of stuff that they, they swarm a school board meeting and get things through before you even know what happened. You know, either get books removed, programs removed, or get things into your school that you don't want before even you even know what happened. Wow, and the school boards are just cowed into it. They're just better organized. Yeah, yeah, that was his point, really. It's kind of like what we're always talking about. Don't be so scared of three loud voices on Twitter or, you know, a whole bunch of tweets that come from one person. Uh, the school boards need to catch on. Uh, God, I wish I remembered exactly what it was. I think it was removal of a program that was called racist. But it was like three people complained. And the school board bent over backwards to satisfy three people that made a big deal with emails and calls and showing up to meetings. All right. We've almost buried the lead here. And, and this is important. The fact that this group exists is surprising. The fact that they have any traction and are getting into schools is disgusting. But... When the Biden administration was confronted by Fox News saying, hey, what do you have a link to this organization for? These people are radicals. I mean, they are seriously out of their minds. A Department of Education spokesman told them it was an error. Yeah, that was that was a mistake. And the follow up was, what, what do you mean a mistake? Who made the mistake? In what sense was it a mistake from your point of view? Why is it in there? And they clammed up. Now, it is worth knowing that the deputy education secretary, uh, who used to head up the San Diego school system, Cindy Martin, is an old buddy of Bettina Love, that radical who was talking about spirit-murdering black and brown children. Hired her for $11,000 for a speaking event for San Diego schools. And she's good buddies with the acting assistant secretary who is also... who. Uh, guide when it was published so all of them are buddies and yet it was a mistake to include that this reminds me so much of the the few tapes we heard but we heard accounts of more where teachers said to their kids there's no need to uh, mention your parents the change in the syllabus or uh, there's no need to bring this up at home because some of your parents uh, may be racists and, and wouldn't like it so we'll just keep it between us it's so scary it really is. Yeah, it really is. And so the idea that you accidentally had this link and everything is just, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. Bullshit. Uh, do you want to hear from Representative Byron uh, Donalds of Florida? Sure. Hit it. I fully believe in diversity and inclusion. But what I do not believe and I do not stand for is this thought process that the country is irreparably racist and that white people are irreparably racist and there's nothing they can ever do except become anti-racist and address their white fragility. That is insane. It is divisive. It is not going to help our country become the more perfect union, which we frankly already are. I know you can't tell people's races from the radio and it shouldn't matter, but... 
Uh, that was a black member of the House of Representatives. And a little bit earlier, you heard a white teacher saying that. Just, <laughs> she, you're, you're every bit as crazy as the people who went to Ghana and drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, you're that crazy with that whole, what, what's that term she used? I need to, uh, oh, I need to trouble my, yeah. uh, What's it? If you can, hey, uh, Hanson, if you can just isolate her, it's I would just, like to be able to play that again. Yeah, because that is just so amazing. Um, uh, the, 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 the white crowd, and you, you saw this with some of the people that were kneeling before Black Lives Matters, uh, uh, protesters at restaurants in Washington, D.C., just with a smile on their face, like weird cultists. They're so happy to talk about how I'm a racist. I'm a white supremacist, and I'm wrong about everything, and I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm complying. I'm complying. It's so weird. And I got to admit, the uh, Ibram X. Kendi's and the uh, Robin D'Angelo's of the world, it was clever to come up with the term white fragility in the way they use it. It's like I uh, go, uh, I come home, I tell Judy, hey, I'm going to buy uh, $5,000 golf clubs, a boat, and I've got a girlfriend. And she says, whoa, whoa. Maybe, no, and are you insane? And I say, oh, it's wife fragility. You object to these things which I'm proposing, which really objectively viewed are freaking nuts. And in the case of the white thing, the, the, the racist thing, they're clearly racist. But I say, oh, wife fragility. Mm-hmm. And just nod my head like I've just, ooh, I owned you. Look at me, wife fragility. It doesn't... Oh, I almost dropped an F-bomb. That would have been exciting. <laughs> We've got a dump button for people listening on the air, but people online would have heard it. That is blanking meaningless. Right. It is, it is pretty clever. The whole anti-racist thing was clever because it oh, yeah. sounds perfectly fine, but it's not at all perfectly fine. And uh, you slip by a whole bunch of politicians and, and, and news uh, talking heads on the news before they realize what it is. And yeah, and the white fragility, very clever. The, oh, you don't agree with me because you're so weak. I mean, it's kind of a catch. To, there's no way you can get out of that. Well, and what's so crazy about it is if, you know, getting back to the, uh, the, the and the more you don't agree with me, the weaker you are. I mean, that's a hilarious right. premise. Right. Yeah. And getting back to the, uh, the marital metaphor, it's as if I unveiled a new program of every time Judy annoys me, I shove her and I call it the anti-domestic violence program. I'm an anti-domestic violencist and I'm going to do it by showing how violent I am. Just like these so-called anti-racists are the most raving, bold-faced, proud racists I've seen since the Klan's resurgence in the 1920s. So back to the idea that this was a mistake, this link was a mistake from the Biden administration. How are you feeling about that? Hilarious. No. Surely The people in charge are associated with this gal. They paid her five figures to show up and speak. God, at some level in the Biden administration, though, they had to know that this would have been radioactive. It, It could be that these activist uh, Department of Education people uh, wanted it in there, and it was supposed to be removed because somebody above their head said, either said, this stuff is repugnant, which I doubt, or said, that's too hot. It reminds me of Barack Obama saying, no, we don't want socialized medicine. But then behind closed doors, he'd say, look, we got to get it halfway there to get there, so let's Mm -hmm. just pretend we're not going all the way. So, yeah, it's it's horrific. Public schools are a cesspool of Marxist indoctrination right now. It's shocking. You probably. So one of the things that I bring to this work is um, a significant history of trying to trouble my own racial identity and trying to help other white teachers trouble their internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness. 
And she's got that wide-eyed look of the cultist. Just, oh, yeah. She's so yeah. enthused about talking about how racist she is. What a lunatic. Yeah, complete loon. I was talking about how I need to come to Jesus moment about uh, my eating and my exercise. I've just gone off a cliff. After being really, really dedicated for like a full year, I've just gone off a cliff. And I either need people to say, I need somebody to say something to me about it that hurts my feelings, or yes. I need a picture, an unflattering picture. Got to be cruel to be kind. Of course, ah! of course, if you ask people to say unkind, people say unkind <laughs> things on the text line anyway. But if you ask for it, you're going to get plenty. <laughs> yeah, go on Twitter and ask people to be unkind. Yeah, I'll put up a picture of myself and have at it. Uh, Jack, you fat sloth, go work out and stop eating donuts, one texter said. Also this one, I work in the same town you live in, saw you at Baskin-Robbins again. This is your come to Jesus moment. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> saw you at Baskin-Robbins again. That's too high. I've been there a number of times in the last couple of months with my kids, but of course I get ice cream while I'm there. And speaking of space, uh, coming up this weekend, we've got a full buck moon. Yes. So there you go. The full buck moon. Whatever the heck that is. Jack trying to sell us his phony moons again. Come on. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my fancy pants on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's funny the thing with the whole cologne and perfume. I was a, a, I'll be very vague about this. I almost said something terrible. Anyway, I came in contact with a person. <laughs> Go ahead. The other day, I, I didn't come very close in contact with them, but I was bowled over by their uh, cologna. And I just yeah. thought, you know, did you start that way or did you just like, is it like tanning? Where you get used to how tan you, some people they get used to how tan they are and they feel like they're not tan enough and the next day right. you know, they're a different race. They're a uh, catcher's mitt. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, is that way with cologne? You just like, you first time you put it on, you kind of noticed it and then you have to, you get used to it and you have to keep increasing it. I don't know. I, I think maybe so. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't smell it anymore because you lose sensitivity to smells. But uh, we got in the car with some folks the other day and I, I got the unmistakable whiff of cologne and my opinion of the human being in question <laughs> dropped. And, and it, it probably shouldn't. Well, it does, it does seem to go with certain personality traits, doesn't it? I don't know if I can nail them down, but. I don't think there's a hundred percent correlation. No. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Absolutely not. Right, right. You can't even if sixty-five percent, two thirds of cologne wearers are somewhat dishy. Um, you can't assume <laughs> that. What are the personality traits of cologne guy? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. An aggressive scent. What are the well, now, common personality traits of cologne guy? I I remember back was it the eighties the nineties? It was pretty common. Uh, to just have a little bit of cologne, but I, I, I drifted away. I ended up throwing, I had bottles of decades old, like nice cologne, uh, that I finally just threw away. I think it had more to do with me, um, I don't know, when I became a married guy, I stopped wearing cologne. I don't know. I couldn't consistently remember, so it was difficult for me to become a cologne guy. Well, the key, the key, folks, if you choose to become a colonist. That's funny. You know, uh, this, this might have been a turning point. I just thought of it. I remember it. It's uh, horrifying and embarrassing. Uh, a girlfriend said to me, I can tell you the summer of 1990, it would have been July. Um, She dumped me. I knew she was coming over to dump me. Oh, boy. But I still got kind of dressed up and everything like that for some reason. I don't know why. 
I was hoping she'd change her mind or something. You want to be more impressive and not pathetic. I get it. Anyway, I'm standing on the front porch of this duplex I'm renting, and she pulls up in the driveway, and she gets out of her car, and she says, I can smell you from here. (laughs) Oh, boy. Things had soured at that point. (laughs) So I had perhaps overdone the cologne as she could smell me from the driveway. It was the summer of 1990. It just doesn't have the ring. It just doesn't have the romance. <laughs> My husband has been wearing too much cologne since I met him 25 years ago. He got the COVID, and now he says it smells like smoke, and he stopped wearing it. Yay, says <laughs> his wife. Well, that's interesting. She feels like he's been wearing too much cologne since she first met him, but she and married yet. him, and, uh, you know. And they're together. Yeah. So well, we all have flaws. I mean. I suppose that's one you could overlook, depending on the cologne. My stinky 12-year-old thinks you should put on deodorant like cologne. You spray it and walk into it. <laughs> I've known people who did that. That's interesting. You make kind of a cloud of the the, 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 the droplets, and then you walk into it. Well, and now you got a generation of lads who are convinced that they need Axe body spray all over them and that the girls will go goo-goo for them if they do it. They won't, fellas. Trust me. Cologne guy calls women sweetheart. Cologne guy is trying to hide the smell of alcohol sometimes. There's a little of that. I've known a few Mm. cologne guys that were drink-all-day guys. (laughs) Does that work, asking for a friend? I don't know. I'll bet it it does. I'm as sober as a judge until the evening hours. And then you're not. Then I'm not. (laughs) And and what's it to you? Yeah. How about you mind your own business there? Armstrong. 